When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. And we are live. We are Great. live. Hello to Charlotte. Charlotte Offsay. Hello. So- Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I, I've been, I've been, I've been really dying to have you on the show. It's a great <laughs> honor for me. Uh, we had to figure out the time because you are somewhere in Westwood Village or near Westwood Village, uh, and it's like early morning for you. And here it's like past my bedtime in Israel. <laughs> yes, it's eight thirty here in Los Angeles. In the morning. In the morning. In the morning. And it's uh, six thirty. I mean, people know Tel Aviv. I'm in Ramat Gan. Um, it's near Tel Aviv. Uh, and we should tell people that uh, we're at war here, and there may be a siren, in which case I'll get lost for ten minutes. But I will come back, unless it's a direct hit, and then I won't. And you'll say some nice things about me. Um, I've known Mel since like two minutes ago. <laughs> Charlotte. So we're we're. Let's let's cut to the chase. We're here to celebrate your new book, which just launched um, about two months ago. Yes, in August, holiday. Yes, in a holiday house, and that's that's remarkable uh, to have a picture book in holiday house, like it won in a zillion. Um, <laughs> and uh, the name of your book is Holiday. It's if holiday, you're, yes. Yeah, if you're American, it's the cover. Holiday uh, by Holiday House. <laughs> and um, but the correct pronunciation, of course, is holiday by holiday house. <laughs> I'll have to let them know you renamed them. Um, yeah, and I'll tell them myself actually. <laughs> um, so welcome. I oh, I, I forgot to say who I am. So you're Charlotte Offsay, a terrific, wonderful picture book author, and we'll talk about this. And I am Mel Rosenberg, and I'm the host of the children's literature channel of the New Books Network. So um, show us your beautiful book. So this is Holiday. Um, It's written by me. I'm Charlotte Offsay, and it's illustrated by a lovely man named Jason Kirshner, who lives in New Jersey. Um, It is all about a family getting together and making their delicious challah bread for their Friday night Shabbat meal. Okay. And your, your own voices in several ways. First of all, you're Jewish. Jason is Jewish. 
Uh, it would be it would be kind of funny having somebody um, who's not Jewish writing and illustrating a book about challah. But we are both uh, both Jewish. And uh, secondly, um, you actually make challah, so it's like own voices, own voices. Okay, not only my Jewish, but I actually make challah with my children. It's not something I decided to write about, like the stories no, I a, write. We make a lot of challah together, and we have a lot of fun making challah the traditional braided way, but we also bring it into our other holiday celebrations. We made a turkey-shaped challah for Thanksgiving. We made a dreidel one for, for Hanukkah. Um, we have a lot of fun with challah in our house. Okay, but hold on. People are going to get suspicious. They're going to think that you made challah for Passover. <laughs> No, no, we we do not make challah for Passover. <laughs> okay, that that's important to say that on the show. We don't want to get into trouble here. So, um, so tell us about the story. It 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 it's so beautiful. It, shall I tell you what I love about it? Please do. Okay, um, I love that it's a rhyming book, but it's so well done. You know, it's almost impossible to rhyme properly. The rhyme is wonderful, and the and the meter is great, and and even you know you always have to stretch a little bit, sometimes um, when you write a rhyming book, uh, but the stretching is not trite; it's cute, and this is so so difficult to do, and you've done it. The book is just adorable. It's an adorable book. I I recommend it. And um, well, why why should I talk about it? You talk about it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, that really means a lot to me. I tried so many different times to take this out of rhyme because I had been asked by a couple of people. But for me, this book demanded to be written in rhyme. I wanted to bring the joy in my kitchen to the pages of the book and for readers to really feel how much fun it is to experience the messy deliciousness that comes with baking challah together as a family. And so for, for me, that's what this book is. It's a joyful celebration of a beautiful, timeless tradition. And um, I'm really loving launching this book into the world because I'm seeing children and other families being inspired, Jew both Jewish and not, um, to make challah. And that just fills me with so much joy. So for me, this book is all about Jewish joy. And and also, it's great for school visits. You know, you can actually make challah in your school visits. If, I if did, have... yes. I, I went to my kids' school a few weeks ago. I did a K-2, six classes. We read the book back-to-back, -back and we all made challah together for about 130-so children, and it was fantastic. It's one of uh, my favorite things to do. So they And okay. they had a blast. <laughs> yeah, I, I, full disclosure here, um, my parents used to make challah in Ottawa, my late mom and dad. Uh, so we'll dedicate this interview to them. Um, they they made challah with saffron. Oh. Um, and so it was yellow challah. And uh, like saffron today costs like a million dollars an ounce. Uh, so most people don't use it. But back in the day when I was a kid, challah had to have, didn't have to have raisins or chocolate, but it had to have this little bit of saffron. But I'll have to try that. I have to admit, no, I, I you'll have that. to mortgage your house to buy the saffron, <laughs> or find find a sponsor. <laughs> Sounds good. Ask Holiday House to buy you some saffron. <laughs> so, so you have a really interesting story on uh, how this book happened. Um, you want to share that now? I no. would love to. No, no, no. You want to show people your book? Show people the book. Read the book. Read a, some of the book, and then we'll talk about how you made the book. 
So this is Holiday, again by me, and illustrated by Jason Kirshner. He did such an amazing job with these illustrations. Um, it's dedicated to Eliana and Thomas, my children, my two favorite hollow bakers. All right, I'll read a few pages, and you tell me when you want me to stop, because I can keep going. <laughs> read the part about the extra egg when the egg falls. That's that's my favorite. Um, all you know, like pulling a a rhyme and then bringing it back in because it's so cute. I'll tell you the the backstory to that after I read it. Um, okay. Holiday, it's holiday. Come and bake with us today, mom and dad and baby too. We love Hollis, so will you. Kitchen ready? Here we go. Let me teach you all I know. Yeast and sugar, water's warm. Mix and watch those bubbles form. Crack the eggs. One, two, three, four. Extra if some hit the floor. Um, so the, the book goes on to continue making challah and then they, you know, the grandparents come and they celebrate Shabbat dinner. But the bigger one is to tell you about those eggs is that's actually a nod to my, um, my two children. I taught them how to crack eggs by teaching them how to make challah. And <laughs> every week when they were tiny, we would end up with a few extra eggs um, as they squish them in their hand or drop them on the floor. So that page is a is a nod to my kids and how they, they learn to crack the eggs. I love it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so so now do you want to talk, uh, talk now about um, your childhood? Because we know, like your CV has nothing about Charlotte growing up in England. Uh, we don't know what you were as a kid why you write picture books, why you're so talented. Go ahead. Oh, you're very kind. Um, I have always loved books. I loved listening to stories. I have wonderful memories of curling up with my parents and listening to you know, tales of Winnie the Pooh and, and all of that. I have loved reading um, and have always read everything I could get my hands on. I packed multiple picture books in my kids' bags when I went to the hospital to have them. I've just I've always had a passion for reading and, and literature. I had the idea of writing stories, but never actually pursued it. And it wasn't until uh, my children were born that I, I started and I actually started writing picture books for them. I, we used to make holla, we still do make a lot of holla, but I used to make holla every single Friday. And it was my favorite. Um, my, the title of this book holiday would actually start because my daughter would come down the stairs and I'd say, today's Friday, what day is it? And she would go, it's holiday. And then we would bake. Um, and it brought so much joy that I sat down and I wrote them a little book before I even decided to become a picture book author. I made them this little hard copy book celebrating us making Hala together. Um, and I loved that process so much that I decided to take classes and learn all that I didn't know goes into making picture books. Um, and I wrote them more stories inspired. Well, hold on. Hold, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. No, you get you're getting ahead of yourself because okay. the, because every parent um was a kid and most grew up on children's books and um most of them read children's book to their children and millions out of the hundreds of millions wanted to be uh children's book authors and wrote their own stories um but two things about you you're enormous enormously talented oh, and you. you're, you're, you know that only one of 5,000 
books get traditionally published. And you have had half a dozen already, and you're very young and at the beginning. Um, and the second thing is that you knew at some stage that in order to become a picture book writer, you had to start from scratch and, and learn the craft. Um, and you started very young. It took me 65 years, but you know, hey. Um, but you're like, uh, don't skip over the part of Charlotte as a, as a young uh, child. Where did you grow up? Why did you leave grew- England? Where does the name Offsake? I never heard of anybody named Offsake. So I grew up in England. Yes, I moved to the States when I was nine. England, where? Charlotte, where in England? I grew up, I was born in a town called Redbourne. Um, I grew up about 20 miles outside of London. Um, I had family in Winchester. Um, I still have family in Devon, which is in the south. Um, I was just there. I have family in Surrey. um, Jewish family? So I converted um, when I met my husband. I see all the important stuff. You were just... (laughs) You know, you were just sweeping it with all the color. No, I'm happy to answer anything. I yeah. So I moved to the states when I was nine. Uh, my family came out here. My dad was involved in tech startup companies, and oh, he really he brought us over here. Yeah, and we never intended to stay. We we're only going to be here for a couple of maybe, years. Maybe I know him. What's his name? Uh, Mel Jackson. I probably have run into him. I'm going to look him up. Um, and is so he, is, is he watching? He probably will at some point. My parents are very big supporters. Hey, Mel, it's Mel. <laughs> His name is Mel? Mm-hmm. Melvin, Mel. Mm-hmm. I'm Melvin, Mel. And and so uh-huh. like and, 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 and so you grew up in England. Until I was nine. And you were an, we you were an Anglican? Um we belonged to the Church of England. Um and then we moved over to the States. So when you were and... a kid, you, when you were a kid, you went to church. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, okay. But when we came, but when we came to the states, yeah, um, we went to church some, but it was different from what we had experienced in England, and it became more cultural than religious for my family. Um, but then, so I grew up in the states, um, and we decided to stay. You know, one thing led to another. Became citizen, stayed here, um, and then. When I was in college, I met my husband, um, and he he's Jewish, and I fell in love with Jewish traditions and culture. I this is, was, this is incredible. Well, Listen, hold on. This is incredible. Um, <laughs> so your name was Charlotte Jackson? This was Charlotte Jackson, yes. And you met the Jewish boy named? Rick Offsay. Rick Offsay, and you fell in love with him. While you were in college... In the States, Mm -hmm. studying what? I was studying business finance. I used to work in corporate finance. So something completely unrelated to... um, Completely unrelated. You didn't grow up as as an author. You grew up as a hard-headed daughter (laughs) of a high-tech individual. I did, yes. And and your mom? Is Is your mom well? Yes, my mom worked as a teacher. Um, for, she taught French and German, and then she taught children with special needs. And then she was well, home with us for parts of it. Um, and she is. A we, we should say hello to her also. Her name is. I'm sure she'll be watching too. What's Jan. Her name? Jan. Jen? Mm-hmm. Hey, Jen. It's Mel. Not, not, <laughs> your, not Mel, your husband, the other Mel. <laughs> In case she gets confused. <laughs> Did you know uh, that your daughter was so talented? Okay. 
No. <laughs> so you went to college and you met Rick Offsay. You fell in love yeah. with him. And then you fell in love with Jewish culture. I did. I was his family. Um, my in-laws are warm, lovely people. And I loved their traditions. They welcomed me with open arms. And the Jewish culture is everything I love. It's family tradition, warmth. Um, and I had a friend, very close friend in college who um, had one parent who's Jewish and one parent who's Christian. And I saw her somewhat divided. They're, the family wasn't all together. And I thought about it. And I knew that when I had children, I wanted them to be very confident in, in who they are. And there are many ways to do that. But for me, I, I wanted us to be united and um, I decided to convert. And yeah, my husband never asked. Um, it was my decision. And I have fallen in love and it is a big part of my life. I love being a Jewish mother and wife and um, our children go to Jewish day school and very proud Jewish woman. And and you actually converted. Mm -hmm. Yes, through the American Jewish University out here in Los Angeles. We moved um, after my husband finished law school. So now all you have to do is learn some Hebrew and it's it's all it's all down downhill from there. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I, 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 I will teach you I will teach you anything if you teach me some of your skills because um, it's not often that I'm jealous of other writers but I'm jealous of you you have <laughs> a, you have a, a way with words um, and and the challah book is so beautiful and it's like there's all kinds of challah books and mm -hmm. I don't usually get excited and I wrote to you this is you know it, it's the way you've written it is so endearing um, and and most people don't know how to write in rhyme because it's all about getting the meters right and and and, um, and the beats as you mentioned. Um, so Thank you. you had you had kids, and then you made challah with them, because yes. like we're we're going to explain how how can we explain to other authors how to be Charlotte Offsay? What is it? What is your trick to success? So grow up in England, convert to Judaism. <laughs> Uh, bake challah with your kids. One of the one of the best and most frustrating things I think for people who want to be picture book authors is that no two people's paths are ever the same, and there are so many different ways to do things. Of course, and, and there's a right there's a right way for each individual, and and that uh, roller coaster looks a little different for for everyone. Um, so, so, so what what's the right way, Charlotte? <laughs> I think there's something to be said for learning all the rules so then you can learn how to break them. For me, um, I took, I, my children were small, they were tiny, and I was home with them when I first started writing picture books. So I took some classes through um, UCLA's um, online extension program. And then I found other writers to connect with. I think it's really important to have a strong support network as you go through this journey together. Um, and it's fun to find people who are at the same point with, as you are so that you can learn and grow um, together. But for me, that meant joining groups here in the States, there's plenty of people overseas that join as well, but um, there's a 12 by 12 community um, of picture book authors. I joined SCBWI, Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Um, there's another group called Inked Voices, where a lot of people exchange work. Um, so I, I joined groups like that and 
continue taking classes. I took a um, how, class on how to write in rhyme, which I highly, highly recommend um, by Renee Latulipe, her um, Lyrical Language Lab. If anyone's looking to write in rhyme, it's a fantastic place to start. Um, and learn. Okay, well, but uh, hold on, hold on. It's harder to sell a rhyming picture book. And you have And you have to be extremely talented. Um, Renee is world famous. She's the best. Uh, but you can take a million classes with her. If you don't have the musical abilities, you're not going to get it right. That's but my take. But you can still it can still filter into other areas of your writing. Yes. So if you decide yes. to not um, write in rhyme, if you find that it's not for you, I think that the skills that you learn there will help you um, your writing in other other ways as well, even if it's not not in rhyme. I stand corrected. That is. That is very perspicacious, and I accept that. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so so you you, you did. Why, why do you think most people um, think that they can write? And you had already written this book, and and you know, and, and published a single copy for your kids, and and you realized how how did you realize that you needed to learn how to write a children's book? Most authors do well, not realize that. I you. had the added benefit. So at my temple at the time, I was part of a um, a mother's group and we would get together and it was a support network for, for our children. But it was led by the most lovely woman, um, our cantor, Cantor Tiffany Coyote. Um, and she encouraged everybody to do something for themselves um, and to you take care of your children. But it's important to take care of yourself. And self-care is something she focused on. And she encouraged everybody there to, to do something for them. And for me, having just finished writing this book, I realized that that brought me so much joy. And I decided to take a class as something to do for me. It seems counterintuitive to take a, a book on writing for children as a way to do something for myself outside of my children. But for me, it was. It was a creative outlet. It was supposed to just be for fun. Um, I took the online class. It was easy um, it's something I could fit into my schedule, but I fell in love. I mean, and the more I wrote, the more I wanted to write, the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. Um, and that's how I kind of tumbled into it accidentally. It wasn't, and I don't think at that point when I took that first class, it was my intention. It, it was a far off dream to become a, a picture book author. I won't say that that want or desire wasn't there, but um that's not that wasn't the sole purpose. It was something that filled me up. It wasn't the end goal, if that makes sense. What is the end goal then, Charlotte? I, I my husband says the goalposts move, but <laughs> um, but I think at that point it was just to to learn to write books. And and now the more I write, you know, the more I want to write. And I think um, it, what's it, my... it, 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 it's a tortuous and arduous journey. So um, I, I, if you write for um, holiday, what is the soft spot age for this book? I think it. Uh, I think personally, picture books are for any age, zero to hundred. But um, but the the age written on it, I think, is three to five, or or it might be two to five. Yeah. 
Um, mm -hmm. It's for the younger end. Rhyming books tend to be for those younger children. But I I really do believe that all picture books have a message and, and touch people of all ages. And so when an adult, you know, has their child climb into their lap and they read that book together, it gives something to the adult and there's something for the adult to take away in their own way. And there's something for the child. And it really is an interactive experience, which benefits all. So I, I don't like pinpointing ages on, on books. And I, I hope that um, even adults pick this up and are inspired to yeah, make that, all that's why That's why I asked back. you for the the soft spot age yeah because i i write and I, I agree with you but there is a soft spot age for every book of course um, and um so you took the courses but still that only makes you one in a hundred or one in 500 um and, and you were doing all the right things you were taking courses and you had critique groups and support groups um and how did you how did you break in? You see, you have a top agent. You're publishing with the best publishing houses in North America, dear. <laughs> Multiple uh, publications and more coming out. I think there's a secret in the recipe here. You're not sharing with <laughs> you want to know what it is. You know, I think there's an element of luck. There's an ele and then there's an element for me of obsession. And um, I, when I want something, you know, I, I I'm hard pressed to let someone say no. And I, I think um, I read everything I could get my hands on. I learned who was acquiring what down from the houses to the editors. Um, I would follow those editors. I would. I found editors I really admire and wanted to work with, and I'm lucky enough to have gotten to work with them. But I think knowing where your book fits in the market is something that a lot of writers miss. And I think that my business marketing background, having gone to school for um, finance and marketing, publishing books, if you want to be traditionally published, is a business. And it's not something people like, but where art meets business is, is picture books. And there has to be... Um, a hole for it in the market. You have to 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 fill a demand. And I think when parents, you know, if you watch people when they go into a bookstore, there's a bookstore around the corner, Children's Book World. I absolutely adore it here in Los Angeles. If you're ever here, you have to go in. Um, but, the, but, but you watch customers walk in and they will say, my child loves dinosaurs. What new books do you have for dinosaurs? My child is obsessed with firefighters. What books do you have? And Or I'm looking for something for Hanukkah. Where is your Hanukkah section? And I think knowing what customers are looking for when they go into a bookstore and where your what hole your particular story will fill for them will help you in your writing and so while I always say the best stories come from the heart are inspired by the heart I write from the heart that's my why I think marrying that with the business side and knowing who is walking into that bookstore who's looking for your book and why are they picking your book up over somebody else's um is so one second, this is, okay, so so for most people, Charlotte, they cannot do it, okay? <laughs> I, for, for one, I had a, a whole career in innovation and inventing things and science, and I, I see where you're coming from. I cannot write, even, you know, even with a, a modicum of, of, of looking at a market, and you can. Um, so, so here's the question. If you have an idea for a book about Moshe the Tadpole, and you know that nobody's acquiring tadpole books. So you don't write the story. You don't say, screw everybody. I'll write a tadpole story. 
I mean, you can, you just then have to find out, is your tadpole celebrating a holiday? Is your tadpole, is your tadpole offering nonfiction information so that those chat, those children who want to learn can come in and then they're looking for your book? Is your tadpole finding a whole slew, uh, is your tadpole turning into a frog? And it's a, and, and, a book about growing up um, and about developing. I mean, there's so many different ways. I'll give I'll give you an example. So I wrote a book. It's called um, "The Big Beach Cleanup." This is a an ocean advocacy book about a, a girl who re goes to the beach and finds trash on the beach, and she starts an initiative to clean it up. Um, when I first sat down to write this book, it was inspired by my children. Um, my son once uh, had covered our floor in superhero toys and we were about to leave and I said it's time for you to click clean up your toys and he said I don't feel like it right now and um and so but he you know we went on we cleaned up our toys and then we went in his stroller I walked him to to preschool and on the way I picked up a piece of trash um and he wanted to know you know why I was stopping why I was picking this up and um I told him, you don't have to be a superhero to make a difference. You just have to do your part and join together with those around. And I explained to him how the trash could end up um, in, on the ocean and so on and so forth. And so I took those two ideas, not having to be a superhero, not feeling like doing something, joining together, doing your part. And um, I decided to write a story about it. So I, I wrote this story, but it was missing the fun. I wrote a story about a girl who wanted to clean up the beach. But again, that marketing piece, right? Like what makes a child want to come and read this book? What makes it fun? What makes them want to reread it, right? Because picture books are meant to be reread. And so when I sat down, I ended up adding in the sandcastle competition that the whole book now revolves around in order to bring in that fun element of children at the beach wanting to, to be a sandcastle champion. That's what she goes to the beach to do, to clean up the beach because she wants to have her sandcastle competition. So I think whether it's your tadpole, whether it's my mm -hmm. beach story, um, finding ways to connect um, to the child and, and what they're going to want to pick up to the parent who's buying it um, and why what they're going to want, right? So a parent might be wanting to encourage their young activist and that's why they'd buy my beach book, but the child might want to build their sandcastles and love going to the beach and that's why they want it too. And I think learning to look at your writing through those lenses and being able to pull out those hooks, even if it's the same story you wrote, but being able to articulate those marketing points, being able to say those things when you're pitching your story, it makes all the difference. If an editor hasn't had their coffee and they don't you know, those things don't pop into their head right away, which, you know, a lot of editors, they do, and it, it's not a must. Um, but in order to put your foot that much further forward in a very competitive market, I think pulling out those points and being able to articulate them will will set you apart. This book on the beach cleaning is published by Albert Whitman, if I'm not yes. mistaken, yes. also a leading publisher in North America. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to this because... Um, of all your books, I prefer the ones that are from the heart first. Uh, and so we'll, we'll come back to this. I love the, the How to Return a Monster. Um, and and we'll, we'll come back to this. So are you writing for the five-year-old Charlotte? I always ask my uh, interviewees that, except sometimes they're not named Charlotte. <laughs> I... Um... I write the things that take up the most space in my heart. So 
I then channel them through five-year-old Charlotte, but for the most part, it is um, what's happening in my life right now with my children. So my, you know, my children asking those questions, that's what inspired the book. My, um, I have a book called A Grandma's Magic that was born out of me, you know, in my thirties, missing my, my grandma. She lives in England. Um, I'm still terrible at saying goodbye to her because it, it's always a long time until I get to see her again. And um, that's where grandma's magic came from. Um, it's really the, I always say the things that take up the most space in my heart channeled through a child lens. Okay. But you see, your kids are now eight and 10. Mm -hmm. so are you now going to write middle grade and then young adult now that you've established yourself? Um, I know, but they still have friendship woes and and those get channeled through a child lens they have um we celebrate hol other holidays together and you know there might be a couple of other holiday <laughs> books coming down the pipeline i think oh i um, know there is a passover one don't uh, there's a passover <laughs> book coming out i know i do have it has not been announced yet so i'll uh i will um it has, now. It, it has now it has now it has now yes <laughs> Um, I have a Hanukkah book coming next year that has been announced. Um, but yes, I continue to be inspired both by my children, but also by the other youngsters in my life. And, um, but I think writing things that are personal, mm -hmm. um, and taking from your life, it's, it's where my best writing comes from. I, so, so I, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I meant your Hanukkah book coming out and I said Passover, but, uh, oops, <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't. It's totally fine. Don't worry. So there, there is a Passover book coming out someday, somewhat. <laughs> so, so um, I have so many questions to ask you. I'm going all over the place. So you wrote. Um, so you had this um, this uh, uh, holiday um, story, but that wasn't the first book you sold. How did no. you How did you find the agent? How did you find the the publisher? You did your research, and then what happened? I did my research. I actually so. I pitched How to Return a Monster um, as part of a Twitter pitch con contest um, while I was- I also love that book. Do you have it around to wave? <laughs> I do, yes. Um, thank you. I'm so glad you like this book. Um, How to Return a Monster. It's about I love a little it. girl. I love that it. Tries <laughs> a little girl that tries to return her sibling in the mail. And uh, spoiler alert, she doesn't. Don't worry. But um, it was a lot of fun to write. Um, but I pitched that story um, on Twitter. There's some pitch contests that you can participate in um, where editors will will look and see if there's anything they want to acquire. And what, while P I was doing... PB pitch. Yes. Mm -hmm. PB pitch. That got you a deal. PB pitch got you a deal. Well, so it got me interest in the book. And because of that interest, I nudged the agents that I was querying and it sped up the process um that's incredible yes yes that's so that's, that's one in the one in a you're one of a kind and uh, it really you, it really is but it, you, you know a, you lot find, of this, a lot of this is luck <laughs> it it's it's luck but but it's luck that you uh, traveled the world to to pin down and it's luck that you worked so hard for and you're in, listen, I interview a lot of people. You're incredibly talented. It's not, um, it, Thank it, you. It, it's luck, but you know, um, it's, it's the luck that you created and you chased after. I appreciate that. Yes. I do uh, think that we're our own uh, best. Uh, okay, can, can, can you show, can you show just a page or two from the, uh, from the how to return a mother? The name of the book is, is, is wonderful. 
Um, uh, the sure, whole idea of sticking stamps on your baby on your baby uh, <laughs> forehead, uh, trying to, try to get them through the mailbox. I love it. So if you've had enough of that fussy, stinky parent stealing monster, don't panic. Simply prepare it for return. Step one, find stamps. They're usually in the, I don't know where this goes drawer, which we have a couple of those in our house, but. Um, so, yeah. so, so, so you found an editor first or an agent first? So the, the, editor, the editor expressed interest um, and then I, you know, I recommend this with everyone, you, that we hit pause and I said, I'm in the middle of querying agents. Um, and I notified them that there was a publisher who was interested and I signed, um, with my, my agent. It, it, that process did get sped up a little bit. There was a, a way to notify, um, them through the system. I spoke with a couple of agents at that point, and I'm now represented by Nicole Geiger of Full Circle Literary. It is an absolutely fantastic literary agency. They're wonderful advocates for their authors, and I'm very proud to be a part of that agency. Um, but I think having an agent really allows you to look at your career as a whole, to um, plan the way your books come out, um, and put your best foot forward and so just so everybody knows and i say this all the time agents see thousands and thousands and thousands of manuscripts every year they take maybe two or three new authors um and uh, you can talk about luck as much as you want but you're enormously <laughs> talented um, i do so think for anyone looking to to find an agent i will say um following there are, are deal reports that come out uh, every week and following which agencies are selling to the houses that you would like to sell to yourself. So if you're looking to sell to those big houses, finding out who's actually selling books to those houses, and then looking at those um, agency lists for who would be a good match for your particular work, but then also seeing which new agents are they bringing on. So whenever they bring on a new agent, they will have a clear list. Um, an agent cannot take you if they have another client whose work would compete with yours. So if they have somebody with a funny whale story on their list and you've written a funny whale story, they cannot take you because you will conflict with them. But if you find the new agents at those respectable agencies, they will be mentored by those more established, but they will still have the connections and their agency name will mean something in order to get your work actually read um, by editors because anyone can call themselves an agent, but not every agent can get your work read by editors. And I think it, um, the saying of a bad agent is worse than no agent is, is very true. So um, I will say, if you are looking to find an agent, I highly recommend following the houses you res you respect and watching when they bring on a new um, agent. If they'll, they'll start usually as an intern, then they will become a full-fledged agent and then they will have a clear open list and you won't have someone that you conflict with. It'll put you or, you know, one, one step ahead. So that's my ad advice for that. Okay. It's great advice. Um, it's um, still, people have to understand that the most authors get rejected and um, it often takes 5, 10, 15, or 20 years to get published, if at all. Rejection is a uh, big part of the process. It's still a big part. I get rejected all the time now, pub published with an agent. Um, rejection is starts in the beginning, and it doesn't go away after you've published a book. Um, um, sure. So, And another book of yours that I love is the grandma book. Oh, yes. Um, Thank you. 
the the magic of grandma. So a few words about that one too. The grandma's magic, yes. Um, so this book was inspired by my grandma, who you can see in the back page. That's my grandma. That's my daughter and my mom and me. Um, but it is, I hope everybody finds their grandmas reflected in the pages of this book. It's a diverse cast of grandmas and celebrating all the magic they bring to our lives. And it is a magical book. Oh, thank you. So um, I, I, I'm really um, blown away by your ability to connect your brains, your creative brain, and um, and your business brain. You're very kind. Most people cannot do that. Raise your <laughs> hand if you cannot do that. Here, I cannot do that. <laughs> um, but I'm will I'm willing to take courses. Um, <laughs> What the, what haven't I asked you, Charlotte? What haven't you asked me? Um, I have a new book coming out in March um, called The Quiet Forest. Um, this is with Paula Weissman, Simon Schuster. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a cumulative structure picture book where it, it builds and then it comes back down and it's about spreading mischief and then spreading kindness. Um, I absolutely love this book. I'm very excited about it. What um what else can I tell you? And then I have a Hanukkah book coming out next year, which I'm very excited about. Um, but you know, there's a million Hanukkah books. There are a million Hanukkah books. Um, mine is about celebrating um, with 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 family and all the different ways we connect and spread light um, in the season. And for me, that is in the kitchen. Um, and so there's a lot of baking and cooking um, involved in that book. So um, I would love to have you on again in a year or so. I would uh, love that. Are there, are there any other tips you you've um, I'm, I'm really like nonplus. Is that a word like surprised is that a word in English? Yes. Um, yes. Um, by um, your ability to have all these skills, it's it's oh, really quite it's quite remarkable. What other tips do you have? Um, uh, my biggest tip is to not get off the roller coaster. I think it can be very disheartening to get rejected, and I think it's important to celebrate the little steps. Um, you know, even if somebody says no, but they say something kind, um, I think you have to be willing to change and adjust course. Um, and that's very important, but also just to knock it off the roller coaster because it only takes one yes. You can get a lot, a lot of no's, which I very, very much have gotten myself, and I know how hard that is. Um, but to hang on to those positive moments and let that keep you going, um, which you need your support system for, that writing community is very important. Um, but it only takes one yes, so just don't give off, don't get off the roller coaster before you get your yes. But study and uh, practice, and you've given us a lot of tips. Um, from the other side, which I don't usually talk to people about too much because this is really my weak side. You know, writing. <laughs> I'm too. always happy to talk about picture books and tips. I have lots of opinions, so um, you can all anyone can always find me. I review picture books online on um, Picture Book Recommendations. It's an Instagram account that I and, created. And and, and 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 you do this uh, the same way that I do the interviews. You do this because you love picture books. Because I and absolutely you, love them. And I think that picture books are a way to connect with children. And I think that is a, a, a beautiful thing to do. But I also think it's a way to um, to teach and to, to show and to guide and to talk and to open important conversations. And so I share those books as a way to help 
people find the right books to connect with their readers because there's a right book for everyone. Um, and so I, I created that page as a way to share those books. And I think knowing the market and what's coming out and appreciating, um, you can't chase trends. It takes too long to publish a picture book to chase a trend, but it will let you see general directions and themes of where the market is going. Um, but I'm always happy to connect with anyone and, and talk picture books. I could talk picture books all day long. <laughs> I, I, I think you should replace me. No, <laughs> please. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to have a talk about this. I think you should... <laughs> I could never wear as many hats as you do so well. You wear, uh, you wear your hats. No, but you, you wear the, the picture book hat much better than I do. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna have another conversation sometime. <laughs> I look forward to it anytime. No, I, I you might end up being a host of the children's literature channel. <laughs> I look forward to interviewing you about your upcoming books. How about that? <laughs> You can interview me about my previous book because yeah, I would I would love to. I'd love to see that translated into I, I, um, American I'm, market as well. I'm speaking to agents, but they're not necessarily speaking to me. You see, I have mm -hmm. one traditional we can, book. We can have out. a whole conversation on how how I think you could do that if you would like. We can we can chat. Oh, I'd be happy to, um, but uh, not in front of the, not in front of the children. <laughs> Fair enough. And so I, I've been uh, spending wonderful time with Charlotte Offsay and uh, run out and buy her books. Um, you want to show your books again? A brand new book, Holiday with Holiday House. Here's Holiday. A wonderful rhyming rhyming book. Um, I didn't count the words, but there's very few words in the text, which is wonderful. And uh, there's about 2,000 words of back matter, including recipes and tips on making challah. And, and um, so, you know, it's it's a it's a great deal, you know. Buy buy one and get three. Um, oh, you didn't say anything about Jason, the illustrator. Beautiful illustration. Jason, um, Jason is a lovely man. He lives in New Jersey. I haven't met him in person, but um, I have spoken to him. He's fantastic, um, and he gives nods to his own um, own family throughout the book. But I just love the way he brings um perspective like in particular i never could have dreamed up these oversized ingredients and he has our narrator jumping across which i just i don't know how he cooked that up but but i love it um he added a, a pop throughout this book you'll see um our little little corgi that my children love and wish we had at home we don't that was all jason but he brings so much to this book and i think his illustrations fill it with the joy that I intended. And I, I have to thank my editor for that match. Um, they they found him, but I'm thrilled with get to get to work with him. He's very talented. So um, today's the last uh, candle of Hanukkah. Yes. So uh, to all our uh, Jewish listeners, we wish uh, happy Hanukkah. Absolutely. And um, to all our Christian listeners, we wish a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, if there's any other people celebrating any other things, we wish them too. Yes. Uh, and uh, Charlotte Offsay, it's been incredible having you on the Children's Literature Channel, the New Books Network, which I am lucky to host meanwhile uh, until I bring you on. Uh, so this has been a wonderful conversation with Charlotte Offsay. Thank you very much. Chag Sameach. Keep Chag well. Sameach. And let's have, a, let's have another talk without everybody else. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Thank you.